Folks, we made a practical change in our life. We changed something that at times was a blessing and an asset and a tool, but when evaluated from the most objective perspective that we could find ourselves in, we realized that the cons actually outweighed the pros. And so we got rid of our smartphones altogether. We are smartphone-free home. And I'm so proud of Katie because she made this goal, and she'll tell you kind of about it, but she made this goal about eight months ago. ago, And I don't know if I believed that she was going to be able to accomplish it. I don't know if anybody that she told about that she told this goal to, I don't know if anybody believed that Katie was going to be able to do it. But sure enough, um, we did it. So we're going to tell you about that. We're going to tell you why we've done it, how we've done it in a practical way, and pretty much those things. Okay, we'll get going now. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Today we're going to talk about not having a smartphone. We're just going to dive right in because this is something that Elisha's been doing for a long time. You haven't had a smartphone for a year and a half? Or? Yeah, it's been, I guess it's been a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. A year and four months, a year and five months, something like that. Which is kind of crazy. And I never really thought it would be possible for me to not have a smartphone as long as we were doing business online. Hmm. I felt like we'd at least have to have one in our home because Elisha would still use my phone if, you know, like random things like you couldn't do like this click list on Best Buy or whatever. Yeah, you can't do the click list on Best Buy. No, you so. can't do like the curbside pickup or whatever with the phone. Or there were random things like you couldn't read a menu at a restaurant or things like that. Sure, you couldn't do like, uh, we couldn't order at Chipotle on the road. A lot of the Chipotle's, oh, yeah. you know, were only like that with like the contactless payment stuff. Yeah. So there are certain things that we would still kind of swap my iPhone around for. And I really didn't want one in the house one day. Yeah, and this was hard for me to wrap my mind around. I loved the idea of not having a smartphone in our home, but I thought that when push came to shove, we would maybe Katie would have a, a you know like a flip phone, I would have a flip phone, and then we would have an iPhone in the home, maybe designated for work, you know, that we would only have Monday through Friday or something like that. Um, but that's not what we're doing. We just went zero iPhone in our household. And I think a big reason for that is because I know like the best psychologists, I don't know, like behavioral scientists have designed the phone, the apps, everything about it is so appealing. It's just like this magnetic pull and it's so strong and I didn't want it to be out in the garage. I didn't want to be buried 50 feet in the ground. I just knew I would find it wherever it was. And I was tired of using mental energy and emotional energy and willpower to not access my phone. Wow. And I just, I wanted to be free of that and be like, you know what? It's not an option. I'm just going to come up with a better way to do things. So I really craved that complete freedom because I was like, I have a million other things I could put all this energy I'm using to restrain myself Hmm. when I'm not giving in and dealing with the distraction and the confusion and a lot of things that we're going to go over today. Yeah. Wow. That's so, that's such a good way to put it, Katie, because like you said, it was this constant, I mean, temptation is kind of a strong word, but that that's is is this constant opportunity to, to go to your iPhone. It's always there and it's always appealing and it's always, um, there's always something that's useful about it, uh, when it's, when it's available like that. And 
you, instead of choosing to just keep fighting that fight of, you know, reducing your screen time a little bit every day or a little bit every week, you just decided to get rid of the the temptation altogether, which is, I don't know, it's a gutsy move. Well, it was, it was quite the progression. So we're going to kind of talk about the progression, why we ended up doing this, because there's a lot of different factors that played in. Obviously, having a phone, it's like your third arm. We depend on them so much. Mm. And so it couldn't just be one little thing to talk us out of it. It obviously had to be a lot of things. Yes. And last year, well, not last year, actually, December, 2020, we got on a podcast and I said that I wanted to be off Instagram by December, 2021. Yep. And that resolution was, it was hard to put into words for me, but I knew that I wanted now that I'm a mother to not be a brand anymore. And that was for a lot of reasons for the health of our home and just the pressure that I felt. And so I thought that that's what it was going to be. But then once we made now that I'm a mother, no longer a brand, and we just went full blown now that we're a family, I still felt a lot of pressure from my phone and Mm. something still didn't feel right. And it wasn't enough to just get rid of the, get rid of the like way I was doing social media, I guess. Mm. And yet we couldn't quite justify not being on Instagram either because it was a important leg of our business. Yeah. And it, and it still continues to be, I mean, you're only a couple weeks now of not having an iPhone, but our, you know, our engagements, you know, as high, high as ever over on Instagram. And it's still a very important platform for us. Yeah. So basically when the, basically the first thing where I was like, I don't know if I want this iPhone anymore was kind of the shakeup of 2021. I think it was in the summer and Instagram basically just made everyone read their terms and conditions by saying, Hey, we're going to just, you know, we can always, your, your camera is not just a camera on your phone where you're looking into it. We can see into your home. We have access to your credit cards. We have access to your contacts. We have access to your messages. I think a lot of people freaked out because they thought this was new and it didn't surprise me at all, but it did make us talk about it and revisit. Okay. Do we want something always listening in our home? You know, we haven't had Alexa for that reason. We haven't had like Google, all the little like echo or all those little things in our home because I just don't want something always listening and always watching. And I think it was a wake up call too to be like, um, this is not just an app. This is not just Instagram. This is not just Facebook. This is our actual device. This is our phone that has these capabilities. And Elisha right. and I have talked about this. Our our laptops, our... Dumb phones. In our car, like our yeah. camera connects to Wi-Fi. Like there's so many ways that our home is not just private and between, you know, our family. Like anyone can really hack it and listen in or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's something that we would like to minimize And I think, you know, you have those moments where you have a conversation in a car and then you're getting advertisements about what you had the conversation about and you never typed it in your phone. And I think that was just a little much for me. And that was kind of a wake up call to like, you know, I I would like to be a little bit more private. And I'm with you in that I don't think, I don't think either of us were necessarily surprised when that new terms and conditions thing came out. It was something that a lot of people had assumed or knew about but it just was like official. It's like, oh, they're not even trying to deny this anymore. They're coming out and saying that this is what their capabilities are and that they reserve the right to use those capabilities however they see fit. And that was a, that was like a sobering realization. I think for me, 
you know, getting rid of the smartphone almost a year and a half ago was definitely far less of a privacy concern and just a quality of life for me and our entire home. And I, and I know you've enjoyed that aspect of it too, which we'll probably get into in more in detail. But you're getting back to your story. When you started having kind of some of these epiphanies and you started asking yourself that question, do I really need the smartphone? Or what would it take for me to get rid of, to be a smartphone-free home? When we honestly started asking those questions, we, we became problem solvers rather than just, I don't know, it's so easy to say, I wish, I wish I didn't have to have my smartphone or I would get rid of my smartphone if I didn't have to fill in the blank. And we certainly said that for a long time until we decided that if it was something that we actually cared about, we either needed to exhaust all of the options out there, or we just needed to change our lifestyle dramatically so that we weren't so dependent on it. Yeah, I think we realized our dependency on it, like you said, and you kind of felt like, well, they can they can say whatever they want, and I kind of have to go along with this. And I didn't like that feeling as far as the app, Instagram, or um, Apple, or whatever. Their terms and conditions can say whatever. I'm going to sign on the dotted line. And I didn't like that dependency. And I think too, you mentioned something else I wanted to touch on. I think it's just like late and my brain's going to Well, no, it's spacey. okay. Cause what you're, you were talking about those specific apps, but it, you started to see how it was more integrated into the phone in general. Cause it wasn't just as easy as getting rid of the Instagram oh, app yes. or the Facebook yes. app or the YouTube app. So something that stuck out in my brain is like one of my pet peeves, I guess, is when people make excuses without trying. I have this like effort meter in my brain, I think. And I'm like, you can make excuses if you're putting in this much effort to change it. <laughs> that is justifiable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's not fair of me to do, but I do it with myself too. And I didn't like hearing myself complain about my phone. I was like, either, Katie, you can't complain about this because you're using it as a tool. Or if, if it's really that bad, then just change it. Like you weren't born with an iPhone attached to your hip when you came out of the womb. Like mm. you're fully capable of if this is a pain, then change it or or live with the pain if it's worth the reward and yeah, don't, don't whine about stop it. Stop complaining, yeah. Yeah, and something that kept hitting home to me was so many older mothers that I would have conversations with and they'd say, it's a totally new landscape, <clears throat> excuse me, of mothering now. And we just didn't have the distractions that you guys do with your smartphones when we were mothers and we were raising our children. And I don't know how many mothers have told me that just in random different conversations. And I started to think, well, like I love my childhood. I love my mom being fully present. The way I'm mothering my children is a social experiment where I'm looking at my phone way more often than I'm probably looking into their eyes. Hmm. And I don't know what impacts that's going to have on my kids long-term. And I just really started being like, well, why can't I mother like they did 20 years ago? Why yeah. do I have to fight these distractions? Are they necessary to my life? Yeah, that is crazy to think about. And, and obviously it goes without saying that past generations had their own set of temptations that could, they could, they could, they could use as distractions. You know, maybe they had a television or they had books or they had magazines or they just had a telephone that they could be chatting with their, you know, next door neighbor with all day, every day, um, just to keep them kind of unplugged from their current reality. But the heart behind it, that these older ladies of wisdom, these ladies that you looked up to the heart behind it wasn't some, wasn't coming from a place of criticism. No, it was genuinely coming from a place of like, wow, I want. How are you doing this? I can't imagine trying to parent with this constant with this device constantly 
present in my home. Yeah, honestly, they were saying it like, I know you can't help having a smartphone. It's just a big deal. Yeah. It's hard. Like, I just feel for you. It's hard. It wasn't at all like you should get rid of it. Like, no one suggests you should get rid of your iPhone or your Android or whatever. And another thing that really hit home this year was reading a book that I love on motherhood, Seasons of a Mother's Heart. It's out of print. So if you find a copy, just share it with everyone you know. And I love this question at the end of one of the chapters. And it said, what would your children say they have to compete with for your attention? Hmm. And this mother that wrote the book, um, Sally Clarkson, encouraged that you ask your kids, hey, what do you what do you have to compete with for mommy's attention? And my children are pretty young, but I instantly thought it's my phone. Like, I know it's my phone. Hmm. And so we put stuff in place so that I wasn't on my phone so much. It was only on my phone certain days, stuff like that. But again, it was just this constant battle and I was getting tired of fighting it. Yeah. Cause you were extremely disciplined, even like say for with the Instagram app, you would, you would delete it on the days that you were not posting or creating stories. And so I think you were creating three days a week. Mm-hmm. So those were the three days that you would have it on your phone and so as far as cons- being a temptation for consuming, it wasn't this constant thing. However, the phone itself is such a, it's this invitation into just a whole other world. Yeah. Like Instagram might be a lot of people's thing, but there are countless apps and just even like the texting app or the photo app or the, the small group chat apps can become a whole world as a vortex that just takes you away from being present I don't know if that's the case, how it was for me. Take, take you away from being present in your marriage or with your children or just with the people that you're physically present with. And we saw that being the case more and more. Yeah, even just group chats or stuff like that were distracting, again, and taking me in and out of all these different things. And and I say this from being a person that has, I think since I got my iPhone, have always had notifications off for my messages for my apps. I do not get pinged or ringed. My ringer isn't on. I'm the worst person to get a hold of. Elisha hates it. Well, <laughs> my mom, <laughs> no one can get a hold of me. Yeah. And I think since we've but, been married too, you would turn your phone on airplane mode at like 9 PM and you yeah. wouldn't turn it. You wouldn't turn the airplane mode off until the next morning at like eight. Yeah. Until after breakfast, I after wouldn't be breakfast. on my phone before. And we've had these things in place for years. Yep. And they've been really, really helpful. And it's honestly something I would really encourage if you feel like you're struggling with that. That's a great start for sure. And it it made it possible to be able to feel like for the most part, I was very present at home and still able to use my phone as a tool. But again, it was just getting tiring. Yeah. And you asking the question, like, why, why do I keep saying this is so, why do you keep complaining but then not doing anything about it. You challenged yourself to say, well, I'm going to see what I can do about it. And I either need to stop complaining and just learn to live with this. If if it's something like taxes, you know, that's like, okay, why would I complain over and over and over again about taxes? If you're going to be living here and paying taxes and, you know, abiding by the rules of our nation, when it comes to that, when it comes to taxation, like we were on the, we were going to have to go one way or the other. Like, is this phone going to be something like taxes where it's a part of life that you don't love, but you, why would you constantly complain about it? Or is it something that's not like taxes where you actually there is a way to live without it? Yeah. And I think I realized, you know, I put all these guidelines in place and I was feeling really good about the phone. I was feeling like 
I could take it or leave it. It wasn't a big deal in our home. And then reels came along. And for whatever reason, probably because it was programmed this way. Yeah, they got you. Reels capture your attention so fast with these little hooks and then they keep it longer than a photo does. And I became a lot more of a consumer on the app instead of just a creator once reels started gaining popularity. And I noticed that in myself, I didn't really feel like Instagram had this pull on me and I didn't complain about Instagram for a couple of years. I felt like it was fine. And then once the reels came out though, I just found myself bouncing from one to the next. And then people are trying to do polarizing topics and, you know, things that'll get you to watch and it's working. And I was like, this app is smarter than I am. I'm having such a hard time defending myself from the science that is messing with my brain here. Hmm. And it was just, it got really hard to not spend as much time on the app for whatever reason. And also I found myself getting really sucked into a lot of trash. Honestly, I felt like it was a big, just like my dad used to say this about TV when we were growing up, you know, you mentioned, well, did you mention the TV? I don't think I've mentioned that. We were talking earlier before we recorded. Yeah. You mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Well, I mentioned how it was, it's bizarre. I think we've probably even said this before on the podcast, but growing up, we didn't have a TV in our home and that was in, in our town and our group, that was just a weird thing. Ever, I, I just without fail, every single person that would come over for dinner or that would stop by our house for the first time would walk in and say, well, where's your TV? What? You don't have a television? And it was just mind blowing. And they would ask all the questions like, well, how do you hear about the news? Or what do you guys do for entertainment? Do you guys not like watching sports? Do you guys think it's wrong to have a TV? You know, all the yeah. questions would come and it was different. It was an intentional decision that my parents made, not just for the sake of being different, but they looked at our family's life through the lens of, okay, we don't, what's best for our family? What's best when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our children's, you know, relationship with each other and our marriage, all those, all those things with those in the top priority, rather than just going along, you know, with culture. Similarly, how they came to the conclusion to homeschool, they weren't trying to find you know, the right path to salvation or the, to trying to crack the code. But they, they looked at education through the lens of, well, what do we think is the most healthy for our children or for our family, for our marriage? And it's, I was making the comments on how that was so rare and it was so out of the ordinary. And Katie and I now, like not have, having television, you might be like, oh, well, that's, that's cool. You don't have television, but we have access to more than, more than our you parents could ever, ever did than more our parents ever did. And I'm not saying that getting rid of the iPhone is the equivalent of not having a television, you know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Uh, but I do like that we're challenging ourselves to think more and more in regards to, okay, our parents did things that were culturally and societally different for the well-being of their family. Uh, what are we going in line with culture in? And we're not questioning, we're not challenging that maybe we should be. Yeah. And I think that I started realizing like, I would never buy a People magazine. That's just me. It's it's something that I just don't feel like I should be really caught up in. And yet I realized that I know everything about every celebrity, like all the A-list celebrities and, and reality TV. Like, why do I know what's going on in these reality TV series like The Bachelorette that completely are against God's design and are just spitting in the face of God with what they're promoting and just, um, 
it's really, it's really wrong. And so I was really frustrated that all these things would come up on my explore page and my eyes are just like consuming them all, even though I'm following these really wholesome accounts. And I just felt like I'm getting really sucked into all this stuff that I don't want my brain thinking on. I don't want to be dwelling on. I don't want it in our home. It's not good for just my life or as me as a believer. And I, the crazy thing is like Elisha and I were talking about a lot of these will show up as like suggested searches or, you know, on your explore page because of even conservative or more religious, I guess. I don't know what I would say accounts that I follow. Do you know like, what I'm saying? Cause they'd be sharing their perspective on it. If there's like yes. social commentators that you agree with, they're, they're still talking about topics that I just assume not know about or giving me the details of something that I have been making an effort to not know about. But because there may be a Christian commentator on culture and society or a political commentator, you know, and they usually say things that I relatively agree with, I'll, I'll listen to it. And then you come away thinking like, why did I just hear in depth about this, whatever it is, the scandal and why it's so preposterous. It's like, I don't even know about the scandal. I don't need to know about the scandal. I don't even, he- I don't need to hear about it even from a Christian perspective. I just don't need to hear about it at all. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like there are a lot of those things where I would follow these random rabbit trails to end up where I ended up. But then once you click on one photo or once you watch one reel and the algorithm sees that you pause longer on that reel, it's like they got your number and then they are feeding you more of that. And I just felt like that's what happened to my explore page is curiosity and me just kind of following, oh, you know, down these little roads that I think are totally naive. And then it's like, what's on my page? Like, I don't want my husband to be on my page. I don't want my kids to be on my page. And again, I'm not talking about my main feed here, but I'm talking about that, you know, where you go and you search stuff. And I just really felt like, Elisha, like, I'm so tired of having this in my home. I'm tired of having it right there. Every time I go to create something or to share something that's encouraging or that I'm learning, I am, I'm seeing all this junk that I don't want in my house. And yet I've subjected myself to it. So that was another big thing for me. So let me ask though, Katie, because it sounds like so far that really the big problem is Instagram. That's really all you've talked about is being the pain point is being the vortex and this, this gate, this gateway into this world that you don't want to be a part of. Is that the sole, was that the sole problem with the phone? No. So that's a good (coughs) question because what ended up happening was like you said, it could be, I look stuff up all day long on my phone. Like I'm Googling, I'll see an email. I get a text message. I yeah, you're looking at ingredients. You're looking up, up yeah, in directions. Up recipes. You're looking at the hours of the, of the croc center, seeing what time swimming is. Yeah. Yeah. And every time, every quick decision is running me past all these other things that are attempting for me. Hmm. And so that's, that's partially it. Another thing was that made me very, very like I'm getting off this phone and not going back was honestly when Facebook and Instagram changed to meta and a few other platforms. And again, it wasn't, I'm going back to the social platforms here, but this is more far reaching than the social platforms. And I guess that whole, I watched an ad, we watched an ad or something for the vision of the metaverse. And basically just the vision of, what do you call it? Something reality, alternative reality. Yeah, like 
AI, virtual reality, reality yeah. virtual reality, and just the future of what the people who are controlling technology are trying to create their vision and just the whole concept of you're going to have, you're going to be able to live in this fake world, in this world that you create, you're going to have your virtual reality spouse. You're going to have your virtual reality. Yeah. Like relationships or, or homes or whatever. And just, I saw this meme that really stuck out to me and it was someone sitting in a corner and like a bunch of trash all around them and they had goggles on and it said, you'll own nothing and be happy. And I just thought, wow, like this looks so extreme watching this ad, but I'm like, I'm already doing that. When I'm on my phone, I'm not being present with my kids. I'm not being present in my home. It doesn't matter what I'm looking up. I am there instead of living in the world I'm living in and I may might not be wearing goggles but that's what it looks like to everyone who's around me yeah. and you know I look, yeah, all your kids know is you're not looking at them yeah or my or my husband or and again I feel like we had a lot of boundaries in place I, I don't feel like I was a phone addict per se like I, I'm saying this all probably it's coming across pretty dramatic but I would say I had a I had definitely a below average phone usage uh, as far as time goes, because sure, like I installed like a time clock and yeah, like it was far below what average was, but it still was just more than I wanted. I wanted to be just when I'm in my home, I'm in my home and I wanted to be prepared for the stress of certain conversations when I entered into them. Mm-hmm. So for instance, if I'm talking with a friend, then I'm prepared for, okay, I'm here to talk to you. Like, do you need to dump something on me emotionally? Do we need to have a conversation about this hard thing? Or when I'm out in public, I'm thinking, okay, I am prepared for, you know, the things I'm going to come in contact with or the people I'm going to come in contact with instead of like, just like making pancakes for breakfast. And then like, my brain is over here. My brain is over here. And then my kid's like, Hey, can I have more syrup? And I'm like, why do you need more syrup? (laughs) You know, it's like, they just like, it's too much. I was just overloaded. I just, I couldn't deal with all the information. Part of it was just too much information. And then part of it was I hated the dependency I had on my phone so that when I watched this metaverse vision, I was like, you know what? Again, they own me. They own my business. They own our source of income. They own all these things. I'm sick of being owned. We need to stop this right now. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is that even prior to me getting rid of my phone, maybe six months prior, I didn't have any of the social media apps on my phone, but I found that a lot of like the group texts that we were a part of became in of themselves like a social media feed where everybody's sharing a link to this article and a link to this video and a link to this podcast episode nonstop. And when I was able to access the links, I even though I was off of technically, I didn't have the Instagram app or I didn't have the YouTube or the Facebook app. It was still, you could click these links and you would, it's like, okay, why would, do I, could I have self-control and just use texting and calling on my iPhone? I could, but like what you said earlier, or I could put like that willpower into something else, like just get rid of the temptation altogether because it blew my mind how, even when I didn't have the social media apps, how many different places my brain would go through through the phone through through my phone and I don't think I actually realized it until I got rid of it yeah. and I found myself 
you know, pumping gas, thinking like, wow, I've never like had a moment of silence or just, you know, being able to just be here present and to pray and to be with or to talk to my kiddos while I'm pumping gas instead of being on my phone or we're going for a walk and there's not, it's just not the constant thing. And you can go into all the different scenarios and we all know what they are, but I was blown away with how much easier it was. It's not like it's an automatic fix, but how much easier it was to be present in this life that I love. I couldn't believe how much I had missed out on just being present with Katie, being present with the kiddos. When we do have company over, being present with them when the work day's done, literally having it being done versus, you know, having your phone in your pocket and wondering if you should check your emails to see if that person got back. Like when it's not an option and you're just like, no, I'm getting on my computer tomorrow when I get up and I'll see if they got back to my email, then it's just that it's not an option. And so you don't go there. It doesn't weigh on your mind. Yeah. I think, like you said, that word options, I think we live in a culture where we think, oh, more options is better, but really more options is more stress in my opinion. <laughs> it is for, in some instances, yeah. <laughs> for almost most things, it means more decisions. It means a lot more things. And I think like when we take our Sabbath rest day and we unplug the internet, we turn our internet off. It's not like we're just like, we aren't going to use internet on this day. We just turn it off. And we've only done this, you know, four weeks now, but it's amazing how we aren't fighting that. It's not an option for us. So yeah. we just go do different things. It was hard maybe the first week. Um, and now it's like, oh great, this is nice. And that's how it's been with the flip phone. Yes. It has been not even for a single second difficult. Um, so do you want to talk about real quick? We kind of talked about why we don't have it. You know, it's funny. People even mentioned like accessing podcasts on their phone or whatever. I am, I like podcasts, but I was such a big podcast listener that I would be listening to podcasts while I was trying to multitask all the time. And now I just visit with my kids when I do that instead of listening to podcasts. And it's actually a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, I still listen to podcasts too, but it's so much more, like you said, it's a lot more intentional when I listen to podcasts. Yeah, It's not like I've constantly got something going. And again, I think that was one of the more challenging things for me to give up probably when I look back because I knew that the I knew that there were the cons outweighed the pros for the social media in my mind in the social yeah. media apps. And then I came to fi- think that the, that the cons outweighed the pros, even with like the texting service and having access to the internet and all those things constantly. I was like, no, the cons still outweigh the pros. But with the podcast, I was like, oh, I'm really going to miss that. But that's actually come to be a blessing because obviously we can still access podcasts on our computer and I still love podcasts, but I'm so much more intentional now about when I do listen to podcasts. Do I sometimes listen to them while I'm driving and like have to be more proactive? Yeah, you have to like proactively download them onto your, you know, onto your um, computer um, or my phone can get some Yours podcasts. The light phone, right? Yeah, the so. light phone can get some podcasts, which is cool. Um, but overall, I think what my favorite thing is about being smartphone free is the required intentionality that needs to go into everything even in an inconvenient way at first. You're like, oh, I need to look up directions. Well, then that forces you to really think through where you're going and what time you need to get there, how long it's going to be. I think we used to just go all the time without having much of a game plan because we could figure it out on the fly. We could figure out where we're going to eat once we were on the road or we could figure out the directions once we were going. We could text somebody and figure out what time something was starting and then they could give us the address to where it was moved to. And so I think our home has become a lot more intentional since getting rid of 
smartphones out of necessity. It's like, I'm going to have to have directions. I'm, you know, we're going to have to have a map for some of these things. Yeah. We're going to have to know where we can eat beforehand, you know, and what, know what their hours are beforehand. And to me, I've enjoyed that because it's just made me so much more engaged in what's actually happening in my life. Yeah. So practically how we're doing this is Elisha Okay, what phones do we have first? That was like one of the big questions. I'm going to answer, we're going to answer yeah. some of your questions that you guys asked on Instagram because clearly we still have a personal brand on Instagram. We're still on there multiple times a week. And yeah, how do we do that? How do we how do, do it? How do we do it? Yeah, so I've got a, a phone. A magician doesn't share all their tricks. I've got a, I've got a phone called the light phone. And then Katie, you've got a flip phone. I don't know if you've got yeah, it Yeah, I just you. have a flip phone. No, I don't. A lot of people ask what kind of flip phone I had. I just went into my provider and was like, Hey, I want a flip phone. And they looked at me like I was crazy and then went and got probably the last one. So it does not have a brand anywhere on it. Just if you want one, you could go into your provider and ask them for one. Yeah. <laughs> so the big, only advice. I think the big thing, cause obviously, you know, the podcast we can record and we can upload it on our computers. Um, the big, the big question was what can we do for Instagram? Because we are so used to using the actual Instagram app and what's awesome yeah. is that we're, we found we found a way around it. Well, okay, so a couple questions that we were getting asked, though, specifically are, okay, well, I would get rid of my iPhone, but I like to take pictures of my kids. Now, what's funny is that Elisha and I actually don't take a lot of pictures of our kids. We get we batch our pictures together, and we take pictures about once every four months. So as far as the day in and day out, we just aren't great documenters of our actual like real time life, real time life. I don't like getting the kids to have to smile for pictures. If they want a picture of something or they're proud of something they did and they're like, Hey, picture me, mama, then I'll take a picture of them. But I really just like experiencing memories in the moment. And that is something that we decided a few years ago. We just weren't going to be heavy documenters. Yeah. Of of our photos like yeah. real-time photos which unless it's like focused content like hey this is a content creation time which is kind of funny considering what we you know how active we've been on social media that said we have our old vlogging camera it's a canon g7x mark ii i'll link it down below and we just take pictures on that and i story on that so i turn it you know like so it's a vertical so you could see like the stories and we'll take videos in that Elisha and I'll take videos on that together and that's how we make stories work or taking pictures like cameras have been around a lot longer than iPhones have been around so that's a very thing easy thing to switch out yeah another and thing was GPS yeah GPS we actually haven't gotten a GPS yet but obviously that's a that's a total solution if we have an issue with directions we've just gotten into the habit of looking up where we're going to go beforehand and either printing out directions or, you know, writing them down, uh, with a pen. Um, and then we both kind of want to know how to read maps anyways. You know, it's, it's good. To, we've enjoyed it. You know, we've enjoyed learning how to read maps and doing some more of these, um, well, Elisha enjoys learning how to read maps. I have not looked at a map once. <laughs> I don't plan on it. No, maybe I will. But, um, at this point, it hasn't been a problem. I mean, we've just been around town. I can see if we go to like another city or something like that, it being more complicated. We do have laptops so we could look up stuff. But again, GPS is like the easiest tool to replicate. You just go into the store and buy a GPS and put it in your car. Yeah, I've had to travel a few times without a light, without, an, without a smartphone. 
Yeah, you have. And that was a that was a little bit complicated. I think because whenever Katie and I traveled traveled together, you would have your iPhone, and so we could do Ubers or we could look up our flight information um, from that. But then when I was traveling by myself a few times, it was a little bit more logistically challenging. And again, I had to be a lot more proactive and, and preemptive. Um, but airports have Wi-Fi, and I would have my laptop computer with me. You can order an Uber um, from your laptop, you know. So I would be down, like I'd get my bag, and then I'd open up my computer, and I'd get on the Wi-Fi. Like it's way more clunky, and it's not as you know convenient in that instance. But it was still so much, wor- so much. It still is so much more worth it for me to live the majority of my life without. The, the iPhone. Yeah. Something else to mention is my flip phone actually does have a GPS. I have it disabled on my phone, but I can type in directions on there. So I don't know how it quite works, but I do have Google maps on my phone. Wow. Also light phones just got the ability to, yeah, I need to update it. Cause I think that now you can voice text on the light phone and you can get directions on the light phone, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So basically phones that aren't as bright as a smartphone are headed in that direction. So we might just have to go to smoke signals once they get all these updates because it feels an awful lot like it's headed in that direction. Yeah. Well, we were planning on doing that anyways, so (laughs) we kind of want it to happen. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And then the other thing is you mentioned voice texting Mm -hmm. and I was kind of looking forward to not texting as much. And I haven't texted as much, but my phone has voice text. So I'm not doing the like one, two, three, like L-M-N-O-P yeah. kind of thing. I just talk into my phone and it is a lot quicker. So yeah. Yeah. What that works. What do you think was the, your biggest fear in getting rid of um, the your your smartphone? For me, the only thing I was concerned about was running social media accounts a lot less closely connected to the actual account. So like it was so, you know, spur of the moment, we'd be gone on a trip. I'd forget to story something, be like, oh, I'm supposed to share someone's podcast or something. I'll do it right now. And I could post right then. I could story right then. And it seemed like posting and storing needed to be on this like instant basis, like in the moment basis to Mm -hmm. me. What's funny is that, like you said, with directions, getting a lot more proactive and planning and scheduling actually has been a huge blessing for us. So I am not doing anything real time in stories anymore. It's all pre-filmed. Yes. Which is a way, which has been way healthier for our family. Yeah, So easy for our family because we plan it at the beginning of the week when we were doing our Sunday, you know, planning session. And so it doesn't just pop up randomly at a time when it's inconvenient for me or for the kids or for you. And it becomes a stressful situation. Everything's scheduled out and you're proactive and and we plan. It's really nice. Just have that structure. Yeah. So that so far has not been a stress at all. I didn't know if it would be. And this is one of those things where we're trying to do this and still run social media accounts very much as a personal brand. And if I didn't, if we did not have now that we're a family on Instagram, then this would be a cakewalk. Yeah. <laughs> Total cakewalk. As it is, basically, I get my camera and it I it probably takes me about three minutes 
max in a day to get all my stories. Hmm. And what's funny is it should have probably taken me that much time on the phone, but then I would get distracted every time I'd go to story and it would end up being like a 10 minute session. Instead of as it is, there's nothing to do after I'm done storing. I, I talk for 15 seconds or two minutes or whatever. And then it's like, well, I'll just turn the record button off and put it away. So I end up recording a day's worth of stories a day before they go up and then they get scheduled and go up when I story them. So I usually have some morning stories, some afternoon stories and some evening stories. And we've come up with a method to make that work for us. And it works really well. And, and that's our business side of it. I should yes. say, because we're still running a business. And so we still need social media for that. Um, otherwise my Instagram account has no appeal to me. If, if we weren't doing it for a business, I don't think I've been on and I don't miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just a new season of life for us. And it's funny that Katie and I were so, we're really grateful that we've been so united in having this goal and this vision because it does take, a, it, it takes both of us. It takes, it's, it's not been easy. It's so far from being the most convenient route. And the last thing I want people to think is that we think it's wrong to have smartphones. <laughs> like, no, no, like we've never once yeah. thought that ever um, at all. I, if anything, I think that we like know our own shortcomings and we know what we want our life to look like. And we just see that the, the smartphone doesn't support that very well. Yeah, this is strictly based on pros and cons for our situation and for what we are struggling with. And we're like, hey, we don't have to struggle with this stuff. We just don't. Yeah. And so that's why we made the decision we did. And I walked you through our reasons, but they are very specifically our reasons and not something that I expect everyone to have a smartphone. I don't have a conviction against them. Mm -hmm. And we might have one again one day, but for this season... We don't, and I'm really grateful for that. Also, you keep mentioning things like efficiency and ease and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually really an important thing to note is just because something's efficient, like it's efficiently making, it made a task more efficient, say, that I wanted to do. But I also, it made a bunch of things that I didn't want to do more efficient too. Yes. And as a result, I wasted a lot of time in the name of efficiency. I think a lot of us waste a lot of time in the name of efficiency. And now I don't, I'm actually so much more efficient, even with the extra clunkiness of filming on a separate device and uploading it to the computer and getting it all scheduled and captioned and everything. It is 10 times more efficient than what well, I was yeah. doing before. With like my you said, phone. you're being efficient in the areas that you want to be efficient in. And I forget, there's the line that's like, if you don't prioritize your life, somebody else where will, or something like that. Like if you, if you don't prioritize your calendar, somebody else will prioritize your cal calendar for you. And I, I think that that was taking place with what we were becoming efficient in. It's like, Hey, we're becoming efficient. It's like, yeah, according to what's it felt like to us, according to somebody else's agenda or like what they think we should be efficient in. Yes. And when we stepped back, we're like, well, no, we, efficiency is great as long as it's becoming efficient in things that we like and that we care about and that we want to grow in. Um, and so I think having that epiphany was really healthy for us because it, especially once you get closer to letting go of the iPhone, I think it's so easy just to start seeing all the things that you're going to be losing that you won't have. And you're like, boy, I can like, I can take Spanish lessons on my phone. Mm -hmm. I can become a chess master on my phone with this app. I've got my vocab app. I've got my brain games. I've, 
I've got maps. I've got you've got everything on there. Yeah, my recipes. I've yeah, got yeah. my friend chat apps, and that's the other thing. Like I have so many rich in-person friendships in this season of my life. I don't feel any need to socially connect, and so that's been a big gift, I should say, because there have been other seasons of my life where I have really craved that uh, social interaction or my friends that are just online, and I still love a a big handful of gals online, but. I just, I spend a lot of time with people in my actual neighborhood and that's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah, it has. It has been for this season of life for Katie and I having such young children, I just think that, and boy, is it going fast. It is bizarre how fast it is going. I know everybody always says that, but I, I just am so determined to not let it slip by without me being engaged mentally and, and emotionally with my children and with you um, because it's a temptation already just with work or just with the cares of this world, thinking of bills or, or thinking of this, you know, this, without having a phone, you, you still think about some things that it's so easy to pull your mind out of your home. Um, and so I don't want something else that's just going to be pulling me out of where I ultimately want to be the most present in. And, and it's, it's a season. Like, it's like, boy, is that if there is ever a season to be fully present and fully engaged, it's why, like, it's now. All my littles are under our roof. I, when I come home, all the people that, are, you know, I really want to pour into are right here in my, in my home. So I want to be there as well. I don't want my mind elsewhere. And that was a big epiphany for me is when things, it'd be like one of the best days of our, my life, you know, business would be great. Our health is great. It's a sunny day. We're going to the river. And then you get a headline about something that just takes your brain literally maybe a thousand miles away into a place where you lose all joy. And I'm like, why am I letting this outside thing rip my joy away from being from what is so good here in front of me? Um, yeah, so I've been so grateful that that we've made, it's been a, it's, yeah, it's not an easy decision, but it's been so fruitful so far. We're so grateful. Yeah, and I really admired that you stuck with it for so long, a year and a half. And, and before that, like when we were dating, you had a flip phone for yeah. years. I think we only had, you had a smartphone for like, I don't know, maybe a year of your life, a year and a half of your life. Yeah. Not very long. Yeah. I mean, I've never been a very tech techie guy at all. Um, so I think that's, it was probably easier for me to get rid of it. Cause I never, I feel like I never really used technology to my advantage that often, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I always felt a little bit used by technology. Uh, and so it, it, it just has been easier for me, I think to live my simple life. Yeah. But I just want to like wrap this up a little bit by saying it was a scary decision as far as I felt a lot of fear going into it. Like what's going to happen is just like everything going to fall apart. And I'm, am I going to bring way more stress into Mm. my home because I'm Googling directions and I'm late and I can't get a hold of who I need to get a hold of. And I can't click on the link on my phone and I can't order my fries at the restaurant. Like I think I was worried about all those things and it's been nothing but ease and peace Yeah, over here. Yeah. Like I don't miss it. We don't, a couple things were hard the first time, but then after that, it's been like no worries and it has not brought, we are not as dependent on our phones as we think we are. And life actually goes on great without them and we're able to fully function in society without them. And so I think that that's something that surprised me, I guess, because I was expecting a way bigger learning curve and it just hasn't been hard. I haven't missed it for a moment. So that's been a big blessing to me that I did not foresee happening. Yes. Yeah. Like you said, it's been less of a, 
it's been less of a challenge than I actually think what we were ready for. Yeah, it yeah. just hasn't been a challenge. I've just yeah. been a happier person. Yes, same, same. <laughs> oh, that's it. So, awesome. Thanks, Katie, babe. I'm proud of you. It's a big deal. I'm thankful for you. And like you said, I'm thankful for we're on the same page with it and yes. what we want for our home. Yep. Oh, folks, thank you for listening. Hopefully we answered a few of your guys' questions. Yes. And either way, we're probably going to talk to you next week. So until then, (laughs) bye-bye. Bye.